Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast during the season of Epiphany. Do please leave a comment or a like, it's always good to hear from you. And if you'd like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins. The steward of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves the good wine first, but you have kept the good wine until now. Be with you. And also with you. 
A very warm welcome to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the third Sunday of Epiphany. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of God has dawned upon the world through our Saviour Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself for us to purify a people as his own. Let us confess our sins. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the Gloria.
almighty God, whose Son revealed in signs and miracles the wonder of your saving presence, renew your people with your heavenly grace, and in all our weakness, sustain us by your mighty power. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading is taken from Genesis chapter 14, beginning at the 17th verse. After his return from the defeat of Kedileamah and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shave, that is, the king's valley. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, maker of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from the book of Revelation. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the sound of many waters, and like the sound of mighty thunderpeals, crying, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to be clothed with fine linen bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, 
These are true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. On the third day there was a marriage at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the marriage with his disciples. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, O woman, what have you to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now six stone jars were standing there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. They filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the steward of the feast. So they took it. When the steward of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, 
and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The steward of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves the good wine first, and when men have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the really useful insights that I gleaned during my sabbatical last year was an incredibly simple practice that can have a surprisingly significant impact on one's capacity to deal with adversity. It is simply this. Whenever you find yourself describing something awful or frustrating or disappointing that's happened, either describing it to yourself or to whoever else happens to be listening, then get into the habit of beginning the next sentence with the words, but fortunately, so for example, oh no, the central heating isn't working again, but fortunately, we still have hot water. It's a total disaster, I've broken my arm. But fortunately, I'm living with someone who can help me deal with the practical tasks that I would otherwise be finding impossibly difficult. You'll get the point, I'm sure. Very occasionally, of course, there will be events that are so bleak or so awful that they can't be redeemed quite so easily. Both, but those hopefully exceptional incidents apart, the interesting thing is that that simple mechanism really does seem to work surprisingly well. In the autumn, I sat next to someone I'd never met before at a civic dinner, and we got talking, and for some reason, I had occasion to tell her about this in conversation. Imagine my surprise when she emailed me over Christmas to report that something really very challenging had happened in her own life since our conversation, and she tried that approach as an experiment and wanted to tell me she'd found it incredibly helpful, which was very good to hear. <clears throat> and of course, as with all of those kinds of practices, if you get into the habit of doing it, after a time, you start to internalise it as a way of being. It really does start to affect the way in which you see the world and its issues and its problems. Somewhere embedded in all of this is a human reality that was recognised centuries ago, right back in classical times, when the Greek philosopher Aristotle observed that the way to set about acquiring a particular virtue was simply to practise it. Because if you do so consistently and with commitment, over time you will internalise it. It will become part of who you are, part of how you respond. And this is particularly relevant to those of us who call ourselves Christian, because as part of our discipleship, St Paul charges us to acquire the mind of Christ, to begin to see the world and our fellow human beings through Christ's eyes, 
which requires us to engage with reality differently, to allow our perspective to be shaped by the love and the grace and the wisdom of God. It doesn't happen instantly, of course it doesn't, and indeed it will often be far from an easy discipline to acquire. Just think for a moment about the charge Christ gave to his disciples in Matthew chapter 5. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who persecute you. Then try going out and doing it. Easier said than done. But goodness me, is it life-changing when you do? Um, because all of that might sound like an impossible aspiration. But I was telling our midweek communion congregation the other day about um, a remarkable afternoon I had recently in the company of a Coptic Orthodox bishop whose own community in Egypt really had embraced and lived out that ideal of loving their enemies in the face of the most savage persecution in Egypt. And the results, which he recounted at some length, really were humbling and extraordinary to hear. And I remember also, some years ago, a woman called G. Walker, whose son Anthony was brutally murdered in a racist attack, being interviewed on the radio about her willingness to try and forgive those who had killed him. Forgiveness is something that you need to practice, she said. It's something that needs to be lived. You don't just switch it on and off like a, like a light. So the way in which we learn to approach life, its challenges and its joys, can have a profound effect upon the quality of life we lead and also the impact that we have on the lives of others. Some of you may remember a famous TV chat show host of a former era, Russell Harty, who used to divide people into two categories, which he designated radiators and drains. There are people who enter a room bringing warmth and comfort and delight with them. And then there are those who simply suck the life and the energy out of you. I wonder how he would have categorised each one of us. And it seems to me that the same observation can be made about the way in which we approach the practice of prayer. As some of you will know, I have very little time for the kind of shopping list approach to prayer in which you list all the things you think God ought to be doing, tell him to do it, and then tick him off when he gets around to delivering the goods, simply because I do not believe that that is a prayer of faith. Because prayer isn't about us instructing God what he ought to do. Of course it isn't. Can you imagine a human relationship that comprised of one partner who simply spent all the time instructing the other what they ought to do. Because prayer is ultimately a relationship. It's part of, it's the living part of our relationship with God. It's about helping us to align our, our lives with the will of God, learning to see the world through God's eyes, learning to respond in a faithful way. And that will frequently take us into completely unexpected and uncharted territory. And on occasions, it will take us to places where we would rather not go. Because faith is emphatically not a celestial insurance policy that prevents bad things happening to us. Very often, it does almost the opposite in terms of taking us into difficult places. But what it is about is allowing God to work in and through us 
to enable us to become channels of God's love and life. And for me, interestingly enough, that is where today's gospel reading comes in. That strange story of the wedding at Cana, in which Jesus turned water into wine. As with so many of the incidents in St John's Gospel, there's far more to this story than originally meets the eye. The clue to that is that when you read it very carefully, you'll quickly see how baffling even the basic dialogue is. Why on earth does the, the evangelist choose that moment in that incident to have Jesus saying to his mother, Woman, what are you to do with me? My hour is not yet come. Many years ago, a very wise priest and mentor of mine um, you used that particular incident, the, the transformation of water into wine, as a wonderful model to help understand the way in which a prayer of faith really works. He observed that when the wine runs out at the wedding feast, the mother of Jesus doesn't kind of march over to Jesus and say, right, well, son, afraid the booze has run out. What I think you ought to do, get those stone water jars, bring them. She doesn't come into the situation, tell Jesus what to do. On the contrary, rather, she says to him very simply, they have no wine. That's all. They have no wine. She offers a situation of need to him in faith and trust and then tells the servants, do whatever he tells you, and gives him space to respond. Similarly, I find my own prayer these days is more and more simple. Frequently, I just hold people before God who are in need. He is hurting. She is in despair. They are troubled about what the future may hold. And then listen see what happens because sometimes healing comes in unexpected ways and in unexpected forms and in unexpected places sometimes it's only within the vulnerability of extreme sickness that relationships can find a new and different kind of quality that priorities can be reordered and those transformations may well ask something unexpected of us we may be the ones who have to provide the equivalent of the stone water jars. Because sometimes, just like the servants in the gospel story, we may find ourselves asked to do something strange and counterintuitive, even inexplicable. The equivalent of filling stone water jars, stone jars with water and carrying a sample to the chief steward. To suspend our disbelief just long enough to accept Christ's instruction, to follow it in faith, only to find that it is we ourselves in all our frailty and our fallenness who are called to be the agents and the bearers and the witnesses of the most astonishing of transforming miracles. And thanks be to God for that. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, 
eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who is the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we pray for the spirit of Christian unity, that following your wondrously patient guidance, it will heal division, such that people of no faith and all faiths, Islam, Shia or Sunni, Shinto, Judaism, Jainism, Sikhism and Christianity live together in gentle harmony. May discordance be but a word or a sound in the distance in their lives. May the rulers in the Middle East be instruments of peace. May the harpers play and the soldiers listen. We pray for those who are victims of conflict, war and persecution. We pray for those who are sick and hungry and the lonely who feel as if people look through them as they pass by. We pray for those who have been bereaved recently and suddenly and those who have nursed a beloved through lingering illness, praying for one last day every day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dear Lord Heavenly Father, may we not forget the people of the Ukraine, never wavering in our support for their resistance. May we be forever thankful to the media for sending the news day and night to screen and print. We pray for the families, colleagues and friends of the journalists who have been killed and injured. We pray for the power of evocative communication to bring injustice to the fore. The wonder of your radiance, dear Lord, has shone forth in sound and moving pictures, helping to cure the damaged hearts and minds of the wrong sub-postmasters. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the flora and fauna of our environment, your divine creation. May fresh air and water be with us forevermore. In our own church community, we pray for each other, grateful for the friendship of those we know well 
and those who are new to our church, visitors seeking a spiritual home, or listening across the seas. We pray for Alison, our rector, Jeff and Steve, our associate priests. We pray for our choir, appreciating how much their beautiful voices enhance the beauty of the liturgy. We thank our staff, Claire and James, and our vergers, Robin and Adira, for all their hard work, hard work, always there, always with us. We pray for our Sunday school children. May they feel valued every day of their lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For International Poetry Day last year, hundreds of children and young people from around the world, from 8 to 24, shared poems they had penned revealing their experiences of conflict. Many reflect the glory of your wisdom, dear Lord. Abbas from Nigeria wrote, Our eyes are tired of weeping. Our hearts are sick of woe. Our days passed heavily. But the lamp of hope must glow. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers, prayers for, for the, the sake, sake of your, your Son, son our Saviour Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? Our Saviour Christ is the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there shall be no end. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Let us pray. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, because in the incarnation of the Word, a new light has dawned upon the world, that all the nations may be brought out of darkness to see the radiance of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, 
This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this, our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us.
Let us pray. Almighty Father, whose Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world, may your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, shine with the radiance of his glory, that he may be known, worshipped and obeyed to the ends of the earth, for he is alive and reigns now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Christ, the Son of God, perfect in you the image of his glory and gladden your hearts with the good news of his kingdom and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.